0: Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm your host, Joe. And today we are
1: going to talk about Outlander episode 311, Uncharted. But before we get into that, we would like to do a very special shout out and thank you to someone who at this point can only be described as our number one fan.
0: And if we didn't describe her as that before, she is now for, she for sure, sure locked is, hard because in. Because
1: she sent us a package in the mail. A
0: mystery package just marked Loin, from Loinlander Fan. Yeah. <laughs> which was a big mystery for us because we don't think we really have any. So it was kind of shocking for us to get a package in the mail just titled Loinlander Fan.
1: And it's an amazing Funko Pop toy of Frank wearing a fedora it's, it's a, amazing it's a little mini Frank it looks wearing incredible a fedora.
0: yeah and there was a, a little sticky note on it that said hashtag team, team Frank. Frank and then it came with a great card It had a boat on yeah it. <laughs> yeah with a boat on it and it says uh quote just get on a boat already Joe said yeah. how soon he would regret that
1: yeah and, and it's, it's all true. true so thank you and then a very
0: nice nice note inside so yes. thank you to our biggest fan are thank we naming you. her by name she knows she, she knows, knows her she name. <laughs> okay. Thank you biggest fan.
1: Okay, so also wanted to talk about some exciting news for Outlander fans which is um as you know season 3 and 4 were renewed as a package deal a long long ago right. before they even shot season 3 before the longest droughtlander ever like there was a year and a half between season 2 and season 3 and that was just ridiculous, too long, mm. much too long. So, um exciting news uh, from the Sony TV's co-s- co-president of programming, Chris Parnell, who said, "Quote: In order to keep the show year by year and not have a droughtlander, we had better start hustling on season five right now. I can tell you that there are early talks on doing that to and to absolutely not have an extended droughtlander like we've had before. That's the goal." So this is obviously very, very exciting news to Outlander fans. Number one, because they're they're already shooting season four right now. Right. But um, number one, just hearing that there's going to be a season well, five renewal.
0: They're trying, but. but there why isn't. wouldn't they? Uh, I mean, it, it seems to me it took a long time for them to negotiate three and four. Three and four. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think they're trying. Honestly, I try, I think they're trying to get Ronald D. Moore to stay. You do. I think that's the delay. I don't think he's going to. I think Ronald D. Moore uh, wants Outlander, and uh, <laughs> and I think he's going to go. To be honest, oh, but uh, I but I not. think I think they're trying everything they can to get him to stay. He's already started handing off a ton of duties apparently to Matthew B. Roberts, my, my favorite person, Matthew B. Roberts, and uh, the other one, Tony Graffia. That's her. Yeah, uh, and I think it's it's. Uh, he's
1: very hands off this season. The only episode he wrote this season was. Uh, the very first one. Right. So I think he's, joined.
0: he's laid the foundation and I think he's going to walk away like a ship in the night.
1: Yeah. Do you know what though? At this point, Outlander has enough fans that... I mean, I think a lot of people just watch it for the show. Not because Ronald D. Moore is attached. I think initially that probably garnered a lot of extra viewers. I think
0: it did. I think it got the show a lot of street cred from an industry standpoint. Yep. I don't think anyone... I, don't, I, I would say that probably... Ninety-five percent of the actual Outlander fan base has any idea who Ronald D. E. Moore is. They don't like. Well, they know now, but maybe, maybe not. Even yeah. like, I mean, you know, lots of people were show or fans of huge shows. And didn't know and still don't know who the showrunner was or how important that person is to the process. They just like the show. They know, yeah. you know, Jamie and Claire and that's about it.
1: Yeah. You know, um, and on that note, I there is probably not a lot of, well, and if there were, like a lot of Star Trek, Next Generation and Battlestar Galactica fans who then watched an, Outlander, an episode of right. Outlander and thought, nope, uh, yeah. not for me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they were
0: probably about one and done or one and a half and done.
1: Maybe um, not, because season one was an awesome season. Season
0: one was much better, for yeah, sure. maybe
1: we should do a retroactive oh podcast on season one.
0: I'll tell you what.
1: I bet our number one fan would like
0: that. I bet our, our number one fan would like that. <laughs> Here, here's, here's my pledge to you, Loinlander fan. So, if we get 500 emails asking for it, and we won't... But if we do... We might. I'll do it.
1: Does it have to be from each individual people? That's a good point. It can't be 500 emails
0: from just you, number one fan. (laughs) No, it has to be 500 individual emails. So get out there and start making those fake accounts. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. And you then,
0: and Megan. And then. two fifty apiece. Joe and I over the Christmas holidays. That's we'll right. just we'll sit just down. Snuggle up with an eggnog and. And
1: watch episode oh after God. episode after episode. I can't believe
0: I just did that. Season one. Anyway. Anyway.
1: Okay. Well, let's get into it. Yeah. So this let's. episode, 311, Uncharted, was written by two new writers to to this season. They team up, Karen Campbell and Shannon Goss. So Karen Campbell wrote Creme de Menthe. Right. Creme de Month. And Shannon Goss wrote The Doldrums. So the two of them wrote this one together. And it was directed by a lady called Charlotte Brandstrom, who's a new director to Outlander. But I went online and she's directed a ton of different TV series over the years, including Grey's Anatomy. So she knows what she's doing as far as right. directing goes. So the title shot is A Turtle Swimming. Right. And to Outlander book fans, they know about... The turtle soup so they probably assume that this is the episode where they will get the turtle soup since right. they see a turtle swimming. I that had was... no idea. Of course not. I thought you maybe just... the
0: turtle would rescue Claire from the water or yeah. something. That would have been interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. So of it course would've... it didn't happen. No. So what we get though is Claire on barrels. The first shot we yeah. get of Claire is she's on post, barrels. Post
0: jumping post Jumping into, into the water.
1: And yeah. she's sleeping.
0: Sleeping unconscious not really sure. She's been in the water for a long time, which is confusing because it didn't look like it was that far for her to swim. I mean, I've when never swam in a channel, but she had she had two big barrels. She really just needed to kick. Um,
1: but she so, fell asleep instead. Yeah, I don't I'm, know.
0: She, I don't know. It was very unclear as to what happened there, but she basically washed up on a, on a mysterious shore. And she knew almost immediately it was not the shore she wanted.
1: Exactly, because she said I was in the water way too long for it to be. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that island yeah, that she was trying yeah. to get to. And
0: she also said this: this island she landed on was much bigger.
1: Right. So she knew error as soon as she landed. But she, right. there was nothing that she could do except dry off her clothes, yeah. put that sort of turban around put, her head, put her,
0: put her head 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 neckerchief headkerchief.
1: Yeah, around her forehead, around her head, yeah. and
0: just start to walk. Right into the forest.
1: And she starts talking about, and this was very appreciated voiceover for me when she says, when she talks about the rule of threes, a person can last three minutes without air, three days without water, and three weeks without food.
0: It's very interesting.
1: It is interesting. And it was a good, it kind of sets the premise. And she's walking and walking. And um, I mean, she's trying to find civilization. She displays a huge amount of competency in these Scenes As she's walking along, yeah. she's licking, um, the moisture and water off of the plants. Right. And she is creating shade for herself.
0: Yeah. not great at, um, selecting sleeping arrangements.
1: Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that we know the character of Claire. This is the kind of thing she's prepared for. Number one, living in a strange, unknown world. Mm-hmm. We've seen her deal with this before. And two, living off the land. Even a land that's as hostile as, as this land, right? Because she grew up with her uncle Lamb, and they would travel all around. So Claire is, she's ready. For she's this, ready, more right? Or less. Yeah. So she uh, spends a night. I think it's her first night, and she makes a fire with a couple sharp yeah. rocks.
0: First night, she's all gung ho. She finds a couple. You know, uh, I don't know if it's like an actual flint stone or what, but she finds rocks. She knows that she can, you know, rub together to make sparks and make fire. And she takes- gets rid of that bustle.
1: Yeah, she's like, you know what, let's just cut this open.
0: Takes the, makes some kindling out of her bustle and lights up a fire and has a really nice fire.
1: Which we thought, does she need a fire to stay warm? She's been like dripping with sweat, the heat.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I I, I don't know a lot about tropical weather environments. I don't know if it's like the desert where it's really hot during the day and really cold at night. I I do not know, but I assume if she, although she only had the fire for the first night. I don't know. Anyway, it just seemed like a good idea, probably. Well, I think she gets so exhausted that the second night... Plus, it's a dark forest and there's all kinds of stuff in there. I'd probably want a fire, too. For
1: sure. So, she goes to sleep and she has... I mean, she's exhausted and very thirsty, but she obviously has a fairly deep sleep because she wakes up at dawn. Covered. Looks down at her legs and she's just like covered Covered in in ants. Which is gross, but not that alarming at first, because, I mean, I guess they're tropical ants, which is different right. than the ants I think we have. she was
0: alarmed. I it, think she knew that was bad Well, news. she
1: did, because she freaked right yeah. out, which Claire isn't really a freaker outer, and then she started wrapping
0: yeah, she cloth around wrapping her, her legs, so, he so she see. knew... Instantly, there was a bunch of little red marks, so you knew that they were chowing down, right. and then, uh, yeah, she she wrapped her legs, didn't really do much, but, uh, yeah, she wrapped her legs up, and uh, I think I guess, she was
1: worried they would swell?
0: Yeah, or maybe it was to try and Because she knew there's probably some of them were open wounds and maybe to try and stave off infection. I don't know. I'm sure it was some very intelligent doctor thing to do, but Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was. didn't seem to help.
1: No. So um, she keeps walking. And I mean, this whole sequence of events probably went on for 20 to 25 minutes. Right. And what did you think of it? It was almost uh, like a silent film, watching yeah. a person's reaction to the elements.
0: And she was just getting, you know, worse and worse and stumbling through. And, the, you know, the second night, she... Like coconuts. Yeah, she... Oh, yeah, she finds those coconuts that had already been broken open, so she couldn't get any water. You know, she's getting super dehydrated. Who knows if those ants had some sort of, you know, venom that, it, that was messing her up? or Yeah,
1: well, I think they did. You
0: know, because you can see her legs are just starting to fester and swell, and she's stumbling through the forest like the second night. She doesn't make a fire. She just basically slumps beside a tree and falls asleep. And then she wakes up with a gigantic python on top of her.
1: And you said, well, one thing we've learned is never fall asleep in the jungle. That's
0: right. If I'm ever in the jungle,
1: you won't fall asleep. I'm not going to fall asleep. She handles it well, though. She just freezes yep. and lets it crawl over her. Yep. And little piece of information, that was a real snake. It looked real. Katrina Balfe is apparently not at all afraid of snakes, and so she wanted it to be a real one. Right. So there's all these clips of her holding the snake beforehand. Yep. But then she did say that when she was lying there and it was crawling over her, because it was kind of going over her neck, at the end, like with its tail, she kept thinking... I have a very small neck. Because she was worried that it would just wrap its tail. Right. Which she does have a very small dainty neck. I don't know if you've ever noticed her neck. Like a swan. She is very yeah. swan-like. And I guess she would get nervous right at the end as the yeah. tail came. Because she... it could kill her.
0: That's right. right. There's but... a reason why people fear the snake.
1: Right. But she pulled it off. Yeah. And she... Then I think this is the third day. And she's stumbling and stumbling and stumbling. And she looks at her legs. And they're just not doing well at all. Right. The bites look bad. And they're itchy. And she sees a priest praying.
0: Yeah. Someone's of the forest passes out. Passes out. Yeah. Yeah. Dog finds her.
1: Dog finds her. She wakes up to find herself tied up. Which, yeah. what did you think of that scene?
0: Uh, I mean, you don't know what's going on. She just wakes up. She's tied to a bed, but it obviously isn't like a, you know, it doesn't look like a barbarian hut or anything. Like it's, it looks like a fairly civilized, nice, well made bed. Yeah. And, but she's tied down to it for sure. And then we meet Mamacita
1: mamacita a woman feeds her water yeah and this is actually something that was bothering me a little bit because she's not speaking english and we are getting subtitles yeah so what language was she speaking number one do you have any idea i don't know i don't i don't know either but number two did claire understand what she was saying
0: i don't think she did
1: so here is what bothers me a little bit then is that typically on outlander and this is a ronald d Moore thing yeah he has always said that you only get subtitles if Claire understands because you're watching it from her perspective. So, for example, and he got criticized for this in season one, but when she falls back in time and lands in Scotland and Dougal and Angus and Myrta and Jamie are all talking in that hut when she first walks in, they're all speaking in Gaelic. Gaelic And she... There's no translation. There's no subtitles. And people said, like, why didn't you give subtitles? And he said, because she doesn't know what they're saying.
0: Well, this is probably a reflection of Ronald D. Moore walking away. His rules are fading.
1: His rules are fading. And then in season two, when they would all speak French, Claire understands French, so you would always get subtitles. So this is why I found it confusing. Because she was walking in and we were getting subtitles. So we knew what she was saying. But did Claire? I don't think She she did. She definitely did not. So that was a little bit of an inconsistency, but right. that's okay. We can get past it. She meets the priest. He unties her and gives her water. So he's a kind man, but he's
0: yeah, yeah. Crazy. So we, we, yeah, we think he's uh, we think he's pretty, you know, right, you know, kind of on the level. And then uh, and then this happens. Coco says it is far too dangerous. And we find out he's actually—I think the clinical term is batshit crazy. Right. So he's talking
1: so, to a coconut. Yeah,
0: he's talking to a coconut. So I'm not really sure what uh, you know. This guy's obviously had some trauma or something oh, for sure. Trauma going time. on a lot of trauma he's,
1: and a lot of drugs, I think.
0: Maybe yeah, yeah. I feel Hard like there's a Jamaican lot of drugs. I don't know what exactly, but I can guess. Uh,
1: yeah. So then Mamacita comes in and she sees. The priest talking to Claire and she doesn't like it. She yeah. calls her a cow, leans Mama Cita in. Mama Sita
0: turns sour. Yeah, yeah. She
1: leans in and says, you stink. Right. Which, like, let's, obviously she must because she's been... Right,
0: but Mama Sita is not friendly. Yeah. No. Which is pretty much Claire's typical, like, whenever Claire meets a female... Yeah. and Generally... that, yeah, that has been discussed. That's kind of her, there, no no female likes Claire.
1: Except Galus. Yeah. They bonded.
0: Right, but there was no, yeah, there was no, like... Every other woman in the show sees Claire as some sort of threat. Yeah.
1: Somehow. Well, also in season one, when um, in the episode Rent, when Claire goes on the road with everyone, I don't know if you remember, but there's a scene where she finds a bunch of women and they're making, they're dying wool with their urine and they invite her to join and she loves it. Like she loves being part of the kind of female community. But yeah. other than that, like the one-offs, women don't normally Yeah, like
0: one-on-one. Like one on like, one. Think of like Madame Frenchie didn't really gave her the cold shoulder. Mm-hmm, Parsley mm-hmm. gave her the cold shoulder. Yeah. Uh candy. Well, was that, not, I mean, that's I mean, candy still loved. uh yeah, I'm trying to think that there's, you know Those are some
1: good examples pretty though. Pretty much
0: there's someone else I'm I'm forgetting too, but I mean yeah.
1: Leary, but that. Leary pretty yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: she gets the she gets the stink eye from pretty much every female that crosses her path.
1: Including Mamacita. But yeah. Mamacita does um give her a bath and the bath looks incredible like it looks like a really nice wooden bath and claire obviously enjoys it and then she has dinner with the priest and mamacita who's hostile we learn that the priest met hilda his true love in the isle of cuba and then they escaped together and she was mamacita's only daughter Mm -hmm. and she's died
0: so i'm assuming that mamacita is speaking whatever the native language of cuba is which is spanish i'm not actually really sure to
1: be honest i don't know either um mamacita calls claire a whore which is fine typical claire doesn't even blink. Yeah, she's been she, called that a lot. Lately. She literally just has a sip of water and says, "I need to, I need to get to Jamaica. How is this going to happen?" And uh, Father Fogden is is telling her that she's not well. She needs to wait. But she learns that because of his true love, she tries to play on the on the true love mm-hmm. thing, yeah. saying, "You know, you know, I have a true love, and I need to get to him." And he's like, "You're right. I will help you tomorrow, right. as long as Coco <sighs> says it's okay." Well.
0: No, we, he he tries to get her to stay a little longer, and this is where how we find out that Mama Cita speaks English, right? Because yes. she starts in whatever language she's talking, she's just like, just let her go, let yeah. her go, let her get out of here, like because yeah. Mama Cita wants Claire gone,
1: right? She's afraid that Claire might forget about Jamie and right. just marry the priest and live happily ever after in that little hut, right? Different different TV series, yeah, totally. So um, Claire goes to sleep. The next morning, she wakes up and. In a fairly smart play on her part, she picks up the coconut and it's actually, it was a very funny scene. She's talking to it about how she feels much better and then uh, Father Fogden walks in and she points at the coconut and is like, you know what, Coco says we're good to go, which is, you know, pretty comedic and
0: funny and smart on... I was actually a little disappointed though because they never let that scene play out. They did. They never let you see what. Because fa- I, I was wondering, your father, what's his name, would be like, why are you talking to a coconut? Yeah,
1: are you crazy? Yeah. Uh, but then Mamacita screams right. his name.
0: Ara- Arabella.
1: And says, Arabella has been killed. That's and right. And she says, A Chinese sailor killed Arabella. Right.
0: She didn't really sink in at first. She had to say it about nine times before. Well, we-
1: she said it in the language that I don't think Claire understands. Right. That makes sense, so yeah. we understood we and. Um, and then he puts a bunch of bugs on the sheep head and he says... Oh yeah, i sorry.
0: We find out Arabella is, is, is actually is, is a sheep. Sorry, it's a goat. Goat. I'm goat, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mama Sita runs up with this like skinned goat head.
1: Right. And he uh, puts a bunch of bugs on the goat head yeah. and says that it's from a cave called Abandawe. Gotcha. And they do a flashback to crazy Margaret Campbell. Right. Saying to Claire...
0: Adam Dabwe will, will consume you.
1: Yeah, over and over
0: and over. Right. So, which which is interesting because she's not actually supposed to be psychic. That was just supposed to be like a fake ruse. But maybe she is.
1: Right, we don't know. We don't know. So finally, Claire clues in that there's a shipwreck, A. Right. And that B, there's a Chinese sailor on the ship. Pretty, and then there's another indication that it's yeah, the it's, Artemis. Yeah,
0: so there's it's pretty like the, the odds are in Claire's favor that...
1: So here's something else. Then Mamacita says to Claire, run straight, go, go now, run, turn left, and run. But she's speaking in the language that I don't think Claire can understand. I mean, she is pointing to, but Claire just starts running. She doesn't care. Claire doesn't care. care. She's she's going Mamacita wants
0: her gone. Claire heads for the hills. She just starts booking it.
1: Which you would in that situation. Right. And we learn that, in fact, it is Jamie. Yeah. In a very coincidental turn of events, the Artemis has...
0: What happened? The it, mast broke. They had something, something, it was a little, a I don't know, I wasn't died. really paying attention. Yeah, the captain is dead. And just for... Someone else, some uh, other dick is dead. Uh, and the reason
1: I'm asking what happened is this was a point of Voyager where I was doing some serious skimming. So yeah. a lot of skim-linder. it is... Yeah. <laughs> Skim A lot of this part is unclear to me.
0: Right. So uh, there was some, obviously something happened where one of the masts broke and the captain and other high ranking crew died. died right so basically all of anyone that would have opposed them is now dead basically right. is w- was what has happened so they've come to shore they're repairing the mast and they're i think they they have to sew some sails
1: but And they're moving quickly, yeah. and then they keep panning to Claire running. So you think, oh, right. well, there's no way they're going to be back on the yeah. ship by the time. But they kind of do a little bit of play with now the editing. Forth, Claire and the...
0: cuts her arm open on a branch, which I don't really understand what the point of that was. But uh, so, yeah, so it, she gets to the beach, and uh-oh, He's they're all, already back on the ship. You lost it when you were oh watching this. God. You were like, I
1: can't handle the near miss
0: Yeah it's a bait and switch Oh my like I, I she, actually said if if she gets there and they're gone I'm turning this off
1: But she holds up the little mirror that she'd right. stolen she stolen from which was so smart of her right. from Father Fogden Yeah and, and somehow from it 500
0: hits, meters away hits Jamie she reflects in the, eye. the sun squarely into Jamie Fraser's eye even though she cannot see him
1: And then she gets He out. needs
0: he needs a telescope to see her but she pinpoints the reflection well, of the sun. she's just waving
1: it, and it's right. just lucky. Just bang it's on. It's fate.
0: Yeah, it sure is.
1: So... It's
0: something else, too. But anyway...
1: It's a wonderful scene.
0: It is wonderful. Warm and there's my a heart.
1: moment where they do a close-up on Claire's face, and she's yeah. devastated because she thinks it's he over. can't see right. me. But then you see the little rowboat yeah, basically being just pulled cut, up.
0: cut to boat being And pulled why not, right? right? With
1: Fergus and Willoughby. Mr. Willoughby, and they're all... And then Jamie, and then he starts running towards her on the beach, screaming her name. Did they scream? Did they scream? He said, Claire. Oh. And then they embrace, they embrace. And he said, I thought I'd lost you again. And it it's a great scene. It is a great I loved it so much. I loved it so much. And I actually, I always watch the episode without Joe first so yeah, that there's it's no. It's a good thing. There's no tainting or eye rolling or anything. Because there was some rolling. I was sitting by myself on eyes. the couch. And the moment where Jamie and Claire started running to each other on the beach, I actually sat up and said, I love this out loud to myself. Because I did.
0: You sure did. Growing lander.
1: So then, of course, he notices her arm. And yeah. the next scene, Willoughby is sewing Claire's arm up. And Jamie is drinking is drinking out of a... Yeah, he's
0: just getting he's drunk. He's drinking and he's drinking chit-chatting rum.
1: about different things. Captain right. Leonard, how he's looking for him, how he's a wanted man, but don't forget I was... And yeah. he literally shows not an ounce of sympathy as Claire is getting a needle in
0: her flesh. He's happy to He's pretty laissez But he's about really...
1: Him. Like, I get that he's tough and that he always is getting sewn up and right. stuff, but like you'd think, like... He,
0: Could it was pretty tough too. She's just taking it.
1: But he could have held her hand, maybe. He's not
0: he's not a big Or given
1: her a sip of alcohol, which he doesn't do until it's done. That's right. Um But again, I wanted to point this out. Willoughby is an excellent like it's an excellent depiction of that character.
0: Yeah. He's basically like he's like a doctor. Yeah. He's stitching her up. And Claire even says that he did just as good a job uh, good of a job as she would have done. Yeah, so she
1: said I couldn't have done it better yeah, myself, yeah. which is a huge compliment yeah. coming from Claire. Claire doesn't really think that
0: <laughs> anyone can do anything better than she could do it. No, so, no no. So no, no, that was that was high praise.
1: It was. Jamie, and I like
0: sorry, I also like how Claire always makes a point of calling Willoughby by his actual name. Yeah. She's the only one that does it.
1: It's really respectful, isn't it? Right. I don't know what it is, and I feel bad that I can't repeat it because I want to say, yeah. Well, because it's
0: not spoken enough times. She just randomly throws it out maybe once every second episode, but you just hear people... But
1: it's really... It's a nice, respectful nod yeah, to, exactly. to his history. Yeah, So Jamie sits beside her, and I think he helps her with the bandage a little bit at this point. Um, doesn't ask her if she's in pain, but not everyone needs as much sympathy as I do when I'm ailing. So... He says that he thinks, he said, I've given uh, Fergus and Marcelly my blessing and I think we could all use a happy occasion like a wedding. And Claire says, well, I know someone who could marry them. So then we cut to Claire and Marsali bonding the night of the wedding. Right. I mean, bonding as much as they can, right? Marsali basically says, how can I lie with Fergus and not get pregnant?
0: Yeah. She's basically looking for birth control tips. From Claire.
1: Mm-hmm. And Claire is like, "I will give those to you right. for sure. Marsley also points out that her mother, Leary, used to shrink away from Jamie's touch. and she notices that Claire and Jamie have a really great bond and she wants to have that with Fergus. And again, I have a hard time buying this the whole I saw my mom shrink away from Jamie's touch. Never mind that he's the king of men and all women love him. But just to be clear, so Jamie would come up and try and hug Leary, And she would shrink away. That's what would happen. That's the story. So this is the same girl who made out with him in the halls of Castle Leoc, then threw herself at him when he returned, even though he was married in that like slutty corset. She came to him by the river and said, I want you to be with me. Um, Tried to have his wife killed. And then in season two, and some people might, might not remember this, but she was smelling his shirts when she was doing everyone's laundry.
0: That's gross.
1: So all this all this character of Leary all she has yeah. ever wanted ever was Jamie her only motivation to this point in the story was to have Jamie but once she has him she recoils from his touch what do you think of this
0: I you know actually I think it, it makes sense because that's because if we roll back a couple episodes that's what Jamie says t- tells Claire you know that's why that's why it didn't work because you know she was basically mentally... You know, broken by these two previous relationships where they were very abusive to her, and that's basically why he said they they weren't together because she would always, you know, re- but don't you think she would have gotten over it? I guess not. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, you know, mental. Uh, I'm not gonna pretend to get into the mind of someone who's been through that kind of thing, but right. I'm gonna say okay. that it was obviously pretty bad. But so. you
1: don't you you buy it more than I do then because uh, I, just, I they've,
0: just they've laid the backstory for it. Right. So, that's yeah. true.
1: Okay. So then we move to the wedding. And the priest is ridiculous. And he... Yeah, it's kind of like
0: a Mr. Bean kind of It moment. is a little bit.
1: And you are not a fan of Mr. Bean. Do not Bean.
0: like Mr. Bean.
1: He says someone... He thinks someone else is marrying her because he doesn't have a hand. And then he says, well, does he at least have a cock? And my favorite line of the episode, Marsali, full of attitude, says... If you tell up and get on yeah, I could find out. You know I've been waiting to bed you for months. <laughs> which I love because this actress can... Pull off lines like that so well. Yeah,
0: she she delivered it great, and she's she's looking for a piece of Fergus, a one piece in particular.
1: And Fergus knows it, and he likes it. Oh yeah, no Fergus, Fergus. And Fergus looked word. adorable, in this. the scarf. He Fergus. put he put a scarf around like a, it looked like a French scarf. Got his fancy French scarf. He had his yeah. hair in a ponytail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looked like he'd washed his face. Yeah. One
0: hand was a foot longer than the other, or one arm, I should say. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and then in a very poignant moment he doesn't have a last name right but Jamie gives him his last name and, and he's frozen, frozen.
0: He, the, the priest asks him for, for his last name and Fergus it's, says it's I don't Fergus. have a last name and the priest says well I can't marry you if you don't have a last name and there's this moment of silence where Fergus is basically frozen and Jamie speaks up and gives him both a middle name and a last name Claudel
1: which I, where did Claudel come from
0: I don't know Loinlander fan can you tell us
1: yeah where did Claudel come yeah, from yeah
0: who's Claudel maybe is that his mother grandmother and by Loinlander father, fan uncle?
1: you mean Outlander fan
0: like, no, no. Our Loinlander fan. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to speak to you directly, Loinlander fan. Help <laughs> us out. Uh, She's rolling her eyes
1: and regretting sending that's right. us.
0: <laughs> you don't know what you've done.
1: Okay. Yeah. Anyways. So, um, it's a really sweet moment. Although I was thinking, the last name Fraser isn't necessary. like, it's, a, yeah. he's a wanted person in a number of places across Europe yeah. and now... In the colonies. Malcolm's
0: not great, though, these days.
1: Malcolm also isn't good. So, I mean, I guess Fraser is better than nothing. And Fergus is always going to be around Jamie, whether he has the last name or not. So any danger that
0: Jamie has. I like alliteration. So Fergus Fraser. Sounds great, doesn't it? That's a little weird to say now that I say it out loud. but You thought you would like it. thought I'd like it. Anyway.
1: Then we have, uh, they're back on the Artemis. Yeah. And Claire is eating turtle soup.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. She loves it. She's just... And she's drunk. We have a yeah, drunk she's, Claire. She's all messed up. For the first
1: time ever, which is funny because we have seen this woman drinking hard liquor mm-hmm. over and over and over throughout three seasons and never has she seemed
0: yeah. drunk. She's whacked out of her mind.
1: She is. And she um, needs penicillin. So Jamie helps her with the penicillin, but he can't, he can't stab Katie her with man. the needle.
0: Yeah. Warrior. Can't, Fiercest warrior in the world. Can't... 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 can't, can't
1: to save her, by the way. To
0: save her. Can't apply it. Can't He can, cannot inject a needle.
1: He can hit her with a belt. Yeah. But yeah. he can't King put, of put a needle. Nurse put a needle in her thigh way. to yeah. Can't put
0: the needle in. So she does it. She does it herself. And then she says, bolt the door. Bolt the door. Because
1: Claire's ready. She's like, I was There's... on an island with oh, snakes she's
0: ready. for you. She's like turtle, turtle soups and aphrodisiac
1: right and he said and also like, it has a lot yeah, of it's alcohol also, in it's also it
0: the, like half a bottle of scotch or whatever he said is in it i can't yeah. remember
1: but it was i mean this was a cute scene and then uh mr willoughby comes up and knocks on cute the door scene.
0: yeah it's another like
1: well it's a cute scene until willoughby's in there and then to
0: folk music
1: yeah but then i don't know and then willoughby knows that they're fooling around and right. he kind of smiles and yeah. it's like sorry are we to believe that this Man who has been sexually deprived his entire life is just so happy for Claire and Jamie right now?
0: I know, it's weird. And then he
1: walks away smiling. Like, that's all he needs in life is to know that Claire and Jamie are having great sex in the next room. Who
0: knows what he did, but that's fine. Okay, don't be gross. Um, And that's the episode. And that was the episode. So, um, least favorite scene? Uh, Least favorite scene... it was probably that last scene, I guess. I don't know, just because it was with Willoughby? Little, it was a little odd. Okay. Um,
1: oh, or was it when Claire came to the beachfront and Jamie was? Oh, I'm the, sorry.
0: Yes, that was my least favorite. The where she was like, stum the race to the boat. Where yeah, that and then was, he wasn't there. Yeah, that was
1: dumb. Okay. Uh, my least favorite scene was the final scene with Willoughby smiling as he walks away because it just rang a bit untrue for his character. Uh-huh. Favorite scene. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, please. My favorite scene is when Jamie and Claire ran into each other's arms, <laughs> screaming each other's names on the beach because it was so romantic.
0: You didn't remind me of that on purpose. I that, love... You deceived me with your reminder. That was... You threw that me over. That
1: scene was incredible. Oh, my God. It was a wonderful scene. I was so happy to see them reunited. That is... That,
0: that, that scene and the turtle soup scene are... I know what the demo of this show is waiting for. They're sitting there waiting for longing beach run hugs and turtle soup... Sex. Turtle soup sex. That's <laughs> that's what they want from this show. It's like, I think we all know that this is not my show or my demo, but I do recognize that those things that I find eye-rolling and cringeworthy are, in fact, what people are looking for. But that said, my favorite scene probably was the wedding because I did like... I thought Marsley, who's actually quickly becoming one of my favorite characters this season, I did like her interaction with the weird priest, where she basically calls him out for being slow and an idiot, and she just basically wants to jump Fergus. Yeah, and she says so. Yeah, she yeah. she does not mince words. MVP. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Marsley, I guess.
1: Okay, I give it to Claire, not just because of how great she was in the first 20 minutes of this episode, which was basically like a silent film of us reading her facial expressions. But also talking to Coco, I enjoyed that a lot. And running to Jamie's boat, screaming his name while she shines the mirror. Like I felt her desperation. And then I felt like she played drunk really well in this episode, too. It wasn't too overdone.
0: She did. Um, Yeah, and and that's the thing. When we we talk about MVP, um, it's... uh... I feel like I've never given it to Claire before. Okay, well, here's the thing. This is how kind of how I feel about Claire and why I should probably give her MVP more. Um, I'm sure that there aren't a ton of basketball listeners that listen to this podcast, but maybe about 10 years ago now or so, for you know, in the 10 years previous, there was a basketball player named Shaquille O'Neal who maybe people would recognize the name. He was very, very good. Mm-hmm. But he did not win the MVP trophy that often, even though I feel like he should because he was almost so much better than everyone else he played against that that he almost didn't get recognition because you just didn't even think of him like that. You would think about the one person who had a really good year or right. something like that. Yeah. And Claire is kind of the same way in the sense that I feel like she's such a better... Uh, Katrina Balfe is such a better actor than everyone else on the show that you almost take it for granted.
1: Like you come that, to expect... You have high standards right, that you right. expect she, from her.
0: She doesn't stand out because she's always that good. So mm-hmm. it's almost kind of like when you see people that up their game to the same level, they stand out more. Uh, that's why like, I really liked when her scenes with Marsley because she hangs on the screen with her and stuff like that. Um, so, so, you know... Just I dog again. I dogged the show a lot, but Katrina Wolf is great, and I can't wait to see what she does after Outlander.
1: Um, just uh, to commenting on what you said, she did. You feel like she was a lot stronger in her scenes with Tobias Menzies?
0: Uh, as Blackjack Randall,
1: you felt like she was. Sorry, explain. I that. love
0: her scenes with Blackjack Randall in earlier seasons. I thought she was great. They played off each other. Ex- they they played off each other a lot better when um Tobias Menzies was a bad guy. Really? Yeah. I, I mean this whole show was better when Ties Tobias Menzies. Menzies was in it as a bad guy. Not as Frank. Frank was fine. I'm Team Frank. But as Black Jack Randall. This show misses Black Jack Randall so much. This this it's just it's a different show. It's it a is. completely well, different show different, without Black Jack. It is
1: Randall. a different show yeah. and it is a different story at this point. So Loin Points.
0: Um I don't know. What I give the last one? 40? I don't know. I'll give this one 40. I don't know. Just generic. Okay. It's... I, I mean, basically... This goes back to my Blackjack Randall statement and kind of what we talked about last week. There's no... There's no antagonist protagonist in this show. There's nothing to... There's nothing to push me to care. You know, like, like I was saying, the demo, I think, for this show... Like I said, all they want is running on the beach and sex scenes they don't I, I i believe anyway they don't care about an actual plot arc like it's but that's
1: not true because i love the running on the beach but i did not love a malcolm and the things that i love about no. outlander are you know the adventure the time right. travel the long journeys like the character development there's a lot of things that i love about outlander that aren't just long beach runs and sex scenes no for sure i think i am the demo well part of
0: i don't know if you're the hardcore demo i think you're not all the way over maybe but but okay so for example the whole point of like there's a, a term in um film and screenwriting it's called a MacGuffin. so what a MacGuffin is is it's basically a plot point that Gives the characters a reason to be doing things. That's the MacGuffin. So right now, in the back half of the season, the MacGuffin is to find Young Yin. But really, we don't. It's just sort of like this thought in the background. It's mentioned
1: about once an episode, right?
0: Exactly. Oh, we're going to find find Young Yin, and then everything else. Like basically, finding Young Yin is the is what's driving them along. But we don't care if they find Young Yin. I there's, do. We, we well, like Young well, Ian. Well, I mean, we do do. But it's right. not like. But there's not. There's nothing that happens every. It's just sort of this like. Like whimsical quest in the back of their mind that right. you know that's, that's just giving them giving the screenwriters a reason to have them keep going. Right. But we don't. There's no conflict. Like we don't. They don't know where they're gonna find. They don't. It's just like, so. So basically, I really think when you when you put your whole show surrounded, you know, by this like basically pointless MacGuffin, it's just really not that interesting. There's no conflict. They're not fighting against anyone. They're not. You know, You know. Like they've made a couple.
1: Well, the conflict are- is that they've been they've been pulled apart, right? And they've been trying to find yeah, each other again. I know,
0: but that happened four episodes in, like, it did. and yeah. now we're on episode eleven. Like yeah, how, that's about, true. how about How yeah. about some content for the people that are made to watch this show every week and well, don't just like running on the beach? Okay, just throw me a bone. Well,
1: how about this? Because Joe is extremely good at predicting what's going to happen in TV shows and movies, like. Mr. Robot, for example, which everyone was blown away by the huge twist that comes at the end of season one. And on the first episode we were watching together, Joe turned and said, I'm not going to, but you turned and said, I think I know what's happening here and I'm going to be really upset if I'm right. And of course you were right. But here's a question for you. What do you think is going to happen in the next episode? Or there's only two episodes remaining of this season. Do you have any predictions as to what you think might happen? My
0: prediction is that I don't care. That no. It's true. No, 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 no. And that's Fair. true. And, but but that's... you need to
1: make a prediction.
0: No, no, no. But here's what I mean. I want to care. But they haven't given me any reason to care. That's that's what I'm saying. It's not that I don't care because I'm like, oh, I hate Outlander. It's such a bad show. Like, I just, they don't, I don't have a reason to care. What's going to happen? I don't know. They're going to find young Ian and make something up on the fly. Like, it's, it's he's going to be, they're going to stumble upon him in a tavern somewhere. It's not going to be so bad. They're going to get him back la-di-da, on to season
1: four. How would you predict that this season will end?
0: um, I think they're going to find Young Ian and then some other improbable thing will happen to push the show along.
1: Okay. We'll see.
0: Okay, so how many loin points would you give this? 91. Wow, 91. So not my
1: highest, but certainly not my lowest. No. But I thought it was a really good episode. There were scenes that I loved. There were really no scenes that I didn't like.
0: Right. If you pulled out the beach running and the turtle soup, what would it get?
1: Well, it wouldn't lose any points for not having the turtle soup scene. Really?
0: Okay. Um, because of Willoughby's weirdness? Because or? of the Willoughby weirdness. Right, they ruined it. Even
1: though I thought it was what was going on with Jamie and Claire was cute, the Willoughby thing threw me off. Right. So that's just an even number. Without the beach running scene, it might go down to 90. Right. But the I really liked this episode. I liked everything that this episode offered.
0: So. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did, I did enjoy okay, it. Well, yeah. good. Well, two more for you to
1: enjoy. I know. I am looking forward to it. And that's it. And I'm looking forward to talking about those episodes with you on Loinlander.
0: Me too. Me too. too. Keep us going. More. Send us more stuff. Yeah. And send Send us us things. Send us
1: those 500 emails so that Joe can go back and watch season one and season two.
0: Well, I mean, I did make a promise. (laughs) And I keep my promises. Yes, you do. All right. That is it.
1: (laughs) That is a wrap.
0: Another edition of Loinlander in the Books. Please join us again next week when we will talk about episode 12, something, something else.
1: That's right. And in the meantime, everyone have a good night and we'll talk to you next week.
0: This is a test of Joe's side of the microphone. Check one, two, three.
1: This is the side of Megan's Check. check checking okay. test. It's not going at the end. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs>